You're listening to The Moment, an interview podcast series on life. We interview and capture conversations with creative minds, thought leaders, disruptors, and the people that are doing what they love while challenging the status quo. You can find the show notes on our website, themomenthq.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. But for now, let's dive into The Moment. Welcome to our 26th episode of The Moment Podcast, Uncovering Your Life-Changing Moments. I'm your host, Monica Cade. Today, we're chatting to Sarah Lajeunesse, who is a lifestyle and wellness coach based in Canada. She's committed to helping overwhelmed and overworked women create a life full of vibrancy, power, passion, and purpose. But prior to her blossoming coaching career, she worked in sports management, which was a dream of hers. Yet she found herself constantly waiting for the next big thing to make her fulfilled. And it was only when she suffered from a severe anxiety attack that she was forced to reevaluate her life. So let's find out more on her story. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Monica. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So you're pretty young and it seems like you've already had such a profound life-changing moment at at a young age. Can you tell us more about that time in your life? Yes, certainly. So um, probably about 14 or so years ago, I knew that I wanted to work in sports management. So um, I kind of had all of my ducks lined up in a row. I had mentors. um, I Uh, had internships lined up. I picked up, I moved across the country. I did whatever it took to, to put myself in that position. So, um, by the time I was, you know, just out of university, I already had a position, uh, doing events and marketing in a professional football league here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I worked my way up to a senior level or senior manager position. And I just started finding that for me at the time, the workload was very extreme and it was, I placed all of the uh, importance or kind of the measurement of success was based on my career. So I, you know, worked around the clock well into the evenings, weekends. Um, A lot of my relationships started to suffer as a result. Mm -hmm. My health and wellness started deteriorating. I would um, just pick up quick, crappy meals kind of on on the way home and sit back down at my computer to work well into the evening. So I noticed I just stopped uh, prioritizing self-care and I really did not have a self-care practice at all. And I started to suffer from a lot of stress and anxiety and just kind of considered that normal Mm -hmm. and as part of the job. And as it progressed, you know, there was one specific anxiety attack that I had where I had finally forced myself to go to a yoga class and I said okay you know what Um, make some time for you today and within the first seven minutes you know I I was stressing about all the emails that I should be answering the work I should have been doing and that and I actually felt guilty taking time out of my day to do something for me and within a few minutes I collapsed sprinted to the change room at my yoga studio and just started sobbing and vomiting and shaking uncontrollably. And I remember, you know, the instructors there and some other people had wrapped me in these yoga towels and were dabbing my face with wet washcloths. And I just remember thinking, I'm not even 25 years old and I'm absolutely miserable. And I was severely depressed. I felt alone. I was unhappy. And I realized I was doing this all for a career that really lacked any meaning and value and purpose for me. Mm 
Mm. And so were the people around you at that time at all giving you any advice or telling you that, you know, you're running yourself to the ground or anything like that? There wasn't really. I had moved away uh, from my family, my close friends. I had a partner who lived in a different uh, country actually at the time. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a close social network. Mm -hmm. And I, I just remember there was one he was a a senior VP in my office and he had noticed that I was kind of stressed. I would be running around the office in my heels constantly trying to get everything done. And I remember, you know, it was him that really pointed out to me, this isn't normal. Like Mm. you need to be able to turn things off and, and it's easier for him or other people who maybe have kids or a family because they know that they have to go home to someone and that they have to put someone else before their work. Um, but I found that it was just so difficult. And I think for probably a lot of single women to realize that their self care and turning off, um, their computer and their work is just as equally as important to take care of them as it is if you are raising a family. Mm, Absolutely. And I guess it's quite common, especially nowadays, you know, when women are in roles where they are putting career before family first, not everyone, but some of them. And career can kind of just be the be-all, end-all. And it's yes. you mentioned in, in your about section on your website that you saw career as the indicator of true success in your life at that point. Mm-hmm. So what does success look like to you today? Um, I think the, the most drastic change with all of this in the past couple of years, kind of as I've removed myself from that industry, um, and started pursuing a different, uh, profession and really focused on self-care is just happiness in general, um, and feeling healthy, feeling happy and, and feeling like you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that was the biggest change, but it definitely was, you know, career was at, or was my main focal point for so many years. Mm. And so then at the point when you had your anxiety attack, you mentioned that you've had like several during that time, but that Mm -hmm. was the most severe. How Mm -hmm. long was this period of time for that you felt that you were having anxiety attacks? Uh, It was probably for about six to eight months. Wow. That I was really suffering. Yeah. And so uh, I I just thought that was normal, Mm -hmm. was the sad thing too. And I think even speaking to other people my age in the industry, um, everyone is experiencing stress and anxiety and they're suffering just in in different ways and it shows up differently to to people. But, you know, I think our kind of modern society, we are so focused on working towards a successful career. And so it's go, go, go. And if, and if you're not willing to do it, there's hundreds of other people that will do it for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that that was just, that was a, a big thing for me. It was I just thought it was normal and you had to earn your stripes. And this was kind of just part of the process to get you to where you wanted to be. Mm. And then, so from that moment that you had your anxiety attack, what was the conversation that you had with yourself to make a turnaround? I think I knew that I did not want to be in this profession. And I think that was the biggest wake up call to me is I had been working so long towards a profession that I thought was cool. And I was just in it for the wrong reasons. And I realized that if I was going to be killing myself over a job, why, what, why wasn't I doing something or following something that I was passionate about or actually making a difference or contributing, um, in some way. And I just realized going through that process that 
you don't have to kill yourself throughout your job and working to where you need to be as well. So I think that was a a huge eye opener for me as well. Mm. And now you also mentioned that Robin Sharma, who is a Canadian writer and leadership speaker, he has a quote that you seem to embody and it's become a bit of of a philosophy for your life. And I'll share it with our listeners. Mm -hmm. It's the hours that ordinary people waste extraordinary people leverage so that obviously has played a big role in your life today is that correct yes yeah um and it was interesting so when I decided that I no longer wanted to work in sports I had actually accepted another job still in that industry that provided a bit more work-life balance Mm -hmm. and I was just looking for something um and I knew that you know because I was ready the universe would bring something you know, because I was asking for it. So within, I think a week or two, I had found, um, I was moseying about a yoga convention and had stumbled across a vendor promoting their life coaching program. And I had never heard of that before. I had never heard of the industry, but something in me kind of lit up. And I think that was when I really knew what I was passionate about. And so I started exploring more. I found a different program that really spoke to me. And I think that that quote and a lot of what his message is about is once you find something that you are so, so, so passionate about, you know, that's when you'll, you'll have the drive and the motivation and you're able to do whatever you want to do in order to achieve it. But it has to be something that you're passionate about. And I think I was working towards a career that really lacked the passion. So I had all all of the goals in place. I was doing the things, um, just kind of checking the boxes off, but it really wasn't something that contributed in a way to into society, um, or really made a difference. And I realized that was something that, you know, when, when I'm on my deathbed many years from now, I wanted to be able to look back and know that I was actually contributing and making a difference in the lives of others. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. So many people today are in jobs that they hate and, Mm -hmm. and it sometimes takes them to have, you know, some sort of health issue or something happen externally for them to stop and slow down and really reevaluate their lives to see, is this really what I'm here to bring to the world? And am I happy? Mm-hmm. Tell us more, like now you've been doing your life coaching practice and yes. you're obviously feeling very purposeful and how does your life look like today? Yeah, so night and day different. And I think the biggest thing is I've learned that in order for anything else to work out, you have to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, again, going through that process, I just realized I everything that I was doing wasn't coming from a place of self-love or self-care. Um, again, it was just career, career, career. So what I wanted to do is is to provide my own knowledge and my experience with actually being able to remove myself from um, a successful career at the time and help other women in the exact same position. So the ones that take care of everything else, their career, their relationship, whatever else, before... Mm-hmm their own um, self-care and then take the time once they've done that to reevaluate their life and really design their life on their own terms mm. and to really um, show them that it's never too late to reprogram or rewrite your story, whatever that looks like to you. Mm. So I love, I absolutely love the work that I'm doing. I launched my business um, a few months ago, so it's still really new, mm-hmm. but 
I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm now throwing events as well, just to help women, um, make time for self-care. So to de-stress, remove anxiety from their lives, our goal setting, and really just talk about the life that they want and providing results or a results oriented action plan, um, to help them achieve it. And Mm -hmm. so the the biggest difference is really just how I take care of myself on a day-to-day basis. And that's, that's what I focus on every day before I do something else. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so what some of the, you know, insights that some of the women that you've worked with have experienced and how has that impacted your life? And it's, it's interesting because I think when I first started out, mm-hmm. I thought that I would, um, I thought that my message would attract clients that, were in, you know, their, their nine to five corporate job that they didn't really feel like, uh, they were fulfilled and they wanted just to, they wanted someone to hold them accountable and to kind of support them and help guide them Mm -hmm. towards a a new career or new lifestyle they wanted. And, and what I found is interesting is, is everyone that comes to me in a different way has suffered, um, in, in, I think any levels of extreme ways. And, you know, I, have worked with people with, um, sex addictions and eating disorders, uh, just traumatic experiences in general and wanting to move forward, but not really, not really understanding why they can't. And they want to feel more, they're doing all the right things. They're getting up early. Like they, they know not to eat certain foods. They know they have to eliminate, um, toxic people from their lives or to remove themselves from toxic situations. And, and I think the biggest realization is knowing and working with them to clean up their past in order for them to move forward. And something that I've learned is every day we all, we're all given kind of a gas tank um, of personal power is how I like to look at it. Mm-hmm. And we squander it in different ways or utilize it in different ways. And so if people are still focused on traumatic experiences or if they're suffering again through different ways, through jealousy, through greed, through comparison, any of those things, it's it's because there's an unmet need in their past that they need to move forward. And so it's it's amazing just to see kind of the relief that clients feel when Um, We work on a practical and, again, results-oriented action plan to remove some of that weight off of their shoulders so they actually are in a position to start taking care of themselves and they actually feel like they're worthy of taking care of themselves and prioritizing themselves and their new future. Mm, Awesome. Sounds like you're doing some very incredible and beautiful work with those people. Thank you. Yes, they they inspire me. They're the ones doing all the work, but I absolutely adore it. Yeah, you're helping guide the way, which is really nice. I think so many people look to find that person that can help guide them because it is like you were mentioning, so many people can know what needs to be done and they, you know, take the right steps. But sometimes there's things that we don't see for ourselves, but someone else can point it out to us. And it's just that little thing that sometimes helps us get on track again. Exactly. And I find that the biggest thing is when a client comes to me, they know the changes that they need to make. It is really just about providing um, a safe and supportive environment, Mm. um, completely judgment free and just holding them accountable again in in a safe and loving and supportive way. But so I, I find that so few of them have someone that really supports those ideas or believes in them. And it's, um, it's just an amazing thing to, to witness 
when you see kind of that aha moment or mm-hmm. kind of their their shoulders being relaxed and they suddenly realize that they're capable of the things that they've always wanted. Mm, so true. And I guess you would probably be able to uh, know very well because when you mentioned like you didn't have a really good network around you when you were going through your tough time, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. you're now providing that for them as well, which is awesome. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I've got some signature questions for you now, which I ask all my listeners um, or ask my guests, sorry. Okay. So the first one is what moves you? I think, um, you know, just kind of what I touched on is actually seeing that moment or that mindset shift where my clients suddenly realize that what they've always dreamed of, they're actually capable of achieving and just seeing kind of, you know, their, their smile or their eyes light up, or like I said, kind of their shoulders drop, just when you see the excitement suddenly mm-hmm. go through and, and the motivation start, um, starting to flow through. So yeah, I think that's definitely my favorite. And tell me, what do you believe is your greatest asset? I have a couple of things. I think my own experience has led me to have a lot of compassion mm-hmm. um, for my clients. And because I know how painful and scary it is, I think, to also wake up every day feeling like you're just in this hamster wheel um, and you're wasting your days or feeling as though you're wasting your days in a life that doesn't fulfill or uplift or motivate you, I... I just love providing that space for people. And so I think that my compassion towards them, because I understand what it's like to be in that position and to feel hopeless, is, I think, something big for me. And also, I think I I have this kind of fearless mentality, and I definitely still have a lot of fears that come up mm-hmm. while I'm doing all of this. But I think it's it's a very scary and vulnerable and uncomfortable process to go through when you're removing yourself out of a career or a situation in your life um, where, you know, with secure pay and benefits and um, something that you've worked towards your, your whole life doing. And I think that I'm one of those people that very much just dives into the deep end and I'll think about my actions afterwards, which sometimes isn't always a good <laughs> thing. But I think to, to start your own business and to really remove yourself from comfortable and safe and secure situations to take the risk to go for what you want in life, I think that that's a necessity as well. So have a little bit of fearlessness. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's so tough you to make that leap sometimes but yet if we just do it and then you know like you said jump first and then like think later about it it's generally yeah. works out really well yes <laughs> for the most part yes <laughs> for the most part yes <laughs> otherwise we learn some great lessons along the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and tell me what's the greatest piece of wisdom that you've been given oh my goodness I have been given so much great wisdom I think that so a coach of mine, his name is Dr. Kevin Palace, and he is one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he spoke to me about this idea of personal power and just that, um, you know, everyone has the ability to create 
whatever life that they want. Um, and there's always just extra baggage that's kind of holding us back that we have to get rid of. So he was the one that really taught me about cleaning up your past in order to move on with your future. Mm -hmm. And the idea that, you know, when we're born, we're at zero. So we, you know, we laugh, we're, we're, um, we experience things, we're curious, we're kind. And it, it's only until we start getting older that we start to get influenced by different people. So parents and teachers and, and our social networks. And that's when we start shaping our beliefs into what we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. So it's, he really taught me how to change my mindset to get back into a place where I can just reprogram anything in my mind excuse me, to do whatever I want to do with my life. But you really need to come from a place of essentially starting at zero so you can move forward and start living at 100. So, you know, it's making amends. And so this was something that I didn't put any or place any emphasis on. I didn't think that this was really important in my line of work. And um, it's just been such an eye-opening experience working with him through this. But the idea to be in a place where you can genuinely help other people people to move forward. Mm. Uh, again, you have to be at this level of zero. So it's making amends. Um, it's, it's writing wrongs. It's apologizing or having difficult conversations with people that you've wronged in the past, um, to really feel like you're worthy to step up in front of someone and say, I can help you be your best person because I've, I've had to go through this process and become the best version of myself by not only what I do moving forward, but by cleaning up the stuff that, that, was in the past that was kind of, again, squandering your personal power. Mm. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but it was interesting just just kind of taking a look at your history and your past and seeing how that can hold you back in certain ways of moving forward. I think you articulated it so beautifully. I really feel it's so important for us to, before we go and try to help anyone else, you know, we really you know, like you said, clean up our past or look at what's holding us back and what's, you know, making us small so that we can be our best. Because I think you can't help someone else until you've really moved through your own stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big time. And it's been, it's, um, it's been absolutely crazy, the response. And you really, you really get to see, I think, just um, the impact that you've had on people. And so, you know, I, I went to um, a convenience store when I was a, a child. I had taken some five-cent candy. So I went and they looked at me like I was crazy, but I gave some money back just for any future children that maybe couldn't have afforded it. So it's like if, if you're in situations where you can't make up for wrongdoings, mm. you purchase something, you donate it to someone that's a need or if you hurt someone in the past you have those difficult conversations and even going through that I've I've seen other people be able to release resentment and and myself as well and it's very freeing very um cathartic as well and and really like I said puts you in a position where you can actually walk your talk and help people live their best lives and be the best version of themselves. And that doesn't just mean your actions moving forward. It's also looking at, at what you've done in the past. So, Mm. yeah, I love that little example as well. So it's very sweet. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And last question, tell me what you're afraid of. I think, oh, um, I'm afraid of waking up one day at the end of my life and feeling like I didn't live my full potential mm. and I didn't reach my full power and I didn't contribute in the biggest way that, 
that I could. And, um, I think this really became apparent. I was at a, um, yoga retreat. It was just a day long retreat, uh, probably a few months ago. And I met this woman there and she was probably in her sixties and we were asked or prompted to turn to the person beside us and share with them our biggest fear. Mm-hmm. and what we're most scared of. And so in my head, it was, it was okay, people are going to laugh at me or this business change. And I had a very safe and secure um, thing going on with my, with my previous employment and people will just think I'm crazy. And so I had all these thoughts going on in my head just about this business that really I've recently launched. Um, so this is just, you know, th- those kind of um, nervous vibes are, are part of that process, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah. Um, and so I turned to this woman was trying to articulate that. And, and she told me that her biggest fear was, um, waking up one day when she's, you know, 90 or she really doesn't have a whole lot of life left to live and realize that she had spent an entire life not doing what she wanted and not doing the things that excited her. Mm-hmm. And that in her sixties, this was the first yoga retreat, um, that she'd ever gone to. And she'd always wanted to learn more about meditation and yoga, but she was always terrified that people would judge her and that she didn't have the body type for it. And she wasn't flexible enough or she couldn't keep up. Um, and she was simply terrified. She was shaking while she was describing this to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just thought it was so brave and courageous and really put into perspective that it does not matter, um, how old you are. It, you know, it is never too late to start doing the things that excites you, um, or uplifts or inspires you. But I think, um, the greatest fear for me would be at the end of my life, realizing that I had never done that at all. Mm, that's so powerful I had goosebumps as you shared that story <laughs> it was such yeah, a powerful she, story exactly yeah, yeah she, she left an impression definitely and I'm sure she's made an impression on so many more people listening to this now as well ah big time mm. <laughs> awesome well that wraps up our interview but thank you so much for chatting with us oh thank you so much for having me Monica it was so much fun thank you bye bye bye